Alright, we want to look this morning at, at the first part of a message on Psalm 139. Alright, Psalm 139 we're going to look, look at this morning. I did a <coughs> trailer for this on Friday morning. I don't know if you can do a trailer for a message, but that's what I did for the devotions on Friday. Psalm 139, and I love this passage. This is one of the first passages I ever taught on when we moved to Ireland. Um, so it's, a very, it's always been very special to me. We had one of our youth group gals um, did a cross-stitch for us, and it just it simply said the theme of this, and it was a very special cross-stitch. But I think it got moldy, unfortunately. And we don't have it anymore, but what, I, still, I still treasure the memory of that special gift. But the truth is that God knows. You know, we're looking down the road, and every time it seems like we've got this thing just barely figured out, it seems like something goes backwards, doesn't it? We've got this figured out. Well, this is licked, and that's licked, or that's going to happen, this is going to happen. And then something <clears throat> steps in and really messes things up. We don't know what's going to happen to the world, the world economy. Um, we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with all the violence that's going on in the world. We just, we just don't know. And the truth is, you know, we don't really, really have to know. Because our God does know what's going on. He does know what's happening. He knows the whole story. He's got it all down. And there's no, no problem for Him. Because He knows what's going on. That's what Psalm 139 was all about. It was all about. David wrote this psalm. And David wrote it during a time of distress when he couldn't see his future. Uh, this week we're going to look at what God knows. And then we're going to, next week, God willing, we're going to come back to Psalm 139 uh, as we meet over in the hotel. And we'll pick up the message there talking about more about what God knows and the realm of his knowledge and all that kind of thing. We'll play in next week. I'm just going to read this morning the first six verses to you. Because um, um, hope, Lord, that's where we want to go this morning. Oh, Lord, you search me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. And you are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You've hedged me before, behind and before, and you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful, wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Father, thank you for this word this morning. I pray that you might speak to our hearts. Thank you for the chance to have a handful of folks here in our sitting room with us um, to add to the preaching. Lord, I thank you for, um, I pray for next week to go smoothly. We might be able to meet together again. And Lord, I pray that, that, that it would be a, um, a good time for all of us. As many as who can come back together will be able to come back. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, just a, just a note before I actually back into the message next week. When we meet together, um, typical suggestions. If you're feeling at all unwell, don't come. We'll be streaming the service for the next, at least the next four weeks. Um, if you're uncomfortable, if you, if you're, if you um, are in a high-risk high group and are not comfortable coming, we understand. Uh, we're just hoping to have something together for those of us who, who are well and are comfortable enough to come and fellowship together. So pray that all that might go smoothly. All right, Psalm 139. The psalmist writes that starts out with these words, O Lord, you've searched me and, know, and you have known me. I don't know how much you know about Bible translations. Um, some of the English translations... If there's a word that was not in the original language, they write, they translate a word in italics um, to kind of make the translation more clear. 
Oh Lord, you have searched me. And literally, Lord, you search me and you know. And I love that phrase, God knows. And I like this picture of searching. This picture of searching is a real thorough investigation. Uh, we might say something like, the God has dug deep into the heart of my soul, into my concerns, into my worries, and God knows what's going on. God knows what I need. Um, Mary and I always like watching um, mystery stories. Which we're still, we're, we, we've been watching Murder, She Wrote um, for the last several months on Netflix. And you notice the Mrs. Fet- Mrs. Fletcher, if you know the show, she um, is a thorough investigator. She looks at every angle. And that's what this story is. That's what the word here kind of means. It's a, it's a thorough investigation. God doesn't just glance over the room. Okay? He said, oh, there's Amy and there's Amy. Okay. Now, God looks at us and He looks at our hearts. He looks deep into us. He studies us. He knows what's going on inside of us. God investigates everything about us and He investigates everything going on around us and God knows what's happening. That's such a comfort because sometimes it seems like, what am I going to do next? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this crisis and the next crisis and the next crisis and the next crisis and the next crisis? It seemed for a while there that every day something new and bad was happening, didn't it? I mean, if we're calming down a bit, but it's, uh, there's some, everything that everything that happened was just mind blowing. Do you think that any of that caught God by surprise? Do you think when we went to church back in March that it caught God by surprise that we'd be three months over three months out of church? Did that surprise God? Does it surprise God when some loved one gets a cancer diagnosis? Does that, does that take God by surprise? No, of course not. God knows what we're going through before we even get there. Does it take God, God by surprise when one, one of us loses a job? No. Does it take God by surprise when we're in deep emotional turmoil that we don't want anybody to know about? And we put on a great facade... Humans are good at wearing a facade, aren't we? We're pretty good at putting this facade on and, and making our, our, our outside looks one way, but the inside is totally different. But the truth is, God knows what's going on. And that, has, that has kind of a, not necessarily a negative aspect. It has something that should convict us. At the same time, it has something that should encourage us. First of all, when God knows, I'll give you the, the negative-ish part first. When the Bible says that God knows, He knows what is going on in our heart. He knows when we have evil thoughts. He knows when we're dwelling with lustful thoughts. He knows when we're angry and won't deal with it. He knows when our attitude stinks. And He knows when we're rebellious against parents. And He knows when everything is wrong. We can put on a nice smiling face, but God knows what's going on inside. It's that simple. God knows what's happening inside us all the time. God knows about it. So we need to examine our hearts. And if God knows about it, we're not hiding it from Him. The Bible talks about how God searches the, the inner parts of our hearts, the furthest depths of our hearts. I used to tell, I used to tell an illustration about how you invite God into your, into the, the, let's use a house for an illustration. You invite God into your life like you'd invite God into your house. And God says, I want the sitting room in your life. Yeah, you can have that. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, how about what's in that closet, Roger? Will you give that to me? Yeah, you can have that, God. And we go in the kitchen, and God says, "Can I have your kitchen?" Yeah, sure, no problem. 
then room to room, and yet finally we get to maybe our bedroom or maybe some other secret room, and God says, can I have your bedroom? Yeah, I don't mind you giving my bedroom. You know I'm talking metaphorically, right? Yeah, all right. And then God says, well, how about that closet there? Yeah, that's okay. What about that box up in top of the closet? Oh, no, God. You can't have that. But you know what? God always knows what's in it. That little box we keep back in the back of our mind that we've kept it hidden and nobody seems to know about, God knows it's there. He knows exactly what we're thinking about. So God has searched us and God knows us. And what a blessing it is to God looks at us. He knows what's going deep. He knows what's going on in every aspect of our life. Um, then we come down, well, that's verse 1 and 2. You, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. Well, that kind of nails what God knows, doesn't it? God knows when we're sitting down. God knows when we get up. God knows, as Spurgeon, Spurgeon said about this, I like what Spurgeon said, God knows our path and our palate. Isn't that great? You know what a palate is? A palate is a little mat that you sleep on. So God knows the path we walk. He knows the palate we, we sleep on. So God knows everything that we're doing all the time, 24-7. God knows what's going on. Whether we're awake or whether we're asleep, when we're up or down, God knows it all. He knows the full range of our activities and our thoughts and our actions. We can't hide anything from God. Sometimes we get involved in a sin and we do everything we can to keep other people from knowing about it. Maybe we change websites or maybe we change the television or or maybe we, I don't know, whatever else might be going on. We change it so nobody else sees it. You think God was fooled? No, God knows exactly what you're doing. He knows what you're doing. He knows why you intended it. He knows, and then we then we we can try to sometimes pray and make it or pray to God, and make excuses for our sin. God knows if our reason is valid, doesn't He? We can lie to our parents. We can lie to our spouses. We can lie to our friends or our bosses or our coworkers. But God knows the truth. God knows our getting up, and He knows our going to bed. He knows us, and He knows everything in between. God knows everything in our lives. That can be kind of a scary thing, can't it? I mean, when you think about it, God knows everything. God knows that, that, that thought I had last week about a friend. God knows that website I went to. God knows that app, that, 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 that clickbait I clipped on. God knows all that. Truth is, He does. But also, God knows the troubles we're going through. He knows what happens. He knows the feeling and the depths of our heart that we don't think anybody else can understand. He knows the struggles we're going through. He knows when we're discouraged and down. And we don't like to admit that mostly. We get discouraged and we get down. You know, we, we, um, we don't really like to share. We don't want anybody to think about how down we are so we can put on a smile. But God knows when our hearts are aching and God knows when our hearts are breaking. He knows the pain we're suffering. All that is part of what God knows. Because he knows our ups and our downs. That's what verse 2 goes on to say. You understand my... Um, um, no, I, yeah. God understands our thoughts from afar off. Now we think about that as a distance. But God knows our thoughts from the very time we first start to process that thought. That's the notion there. It doesn't have to come to fruition <coughs> before God knows what, it, what we're thinking. 
all those thoughts, all those angry or bitter or frustrated thoughts that we deal with, God knows our thoughts from the very, very beginning. He knows us intimately. And, you know, we, we if, as Christians, we need to be aware of the fact that, that we need to be comfortable with the fact that God knows what I'm thinking about. Oh, can you imagine if we really understood that, how our lives would change? You know, God knows everything that we're thinking. God knows it. Can you imagine if we really comprehended that Jesus was in my mind, which he is, by the way, and he's seeing everything I think, every image I dwell on, every situation I won't let go, every sin I'm harboring in my heart, God knows all of them. So God knows. And and, and then God, like I said, God knows those things of comfort. He knows them. He knows um, all, the, all the things that we... He, he, understand, he totally understands that when we're down... When we, when, we, when we just can't get ourselves up, God does understand. We don't have to say nobody gets this because God does. All right, he goes on, now he goes on to say, you understand my thoughts. You comprehend my path and my lying down. The same thing we looked at earlier, our path and our palate. God is acquainted with all of our ways. And we've already covered that. God knows what we're doing when we go. Then in verse 4, there is not a word on my tongue but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. The Bible talks a lot about our, the words we say. Um, James even calls our tongues the most wicked part of our bodies. James says that is the one thing that man can't conquer without God's help. James says that our tongues are an unruly evil. It says our tongues are a fire set on course, set on fire by the by hell itself. Why do you think words are so so important? Why do you think words are so hard to control? Anybody else? We, we watched a show called The Andy Griffith Show. In one of the episodes, he talked about slippery words. All right? They kind of slip out of your mouth. And you say you don't mean them, but the words had to come from someplace, didn't they? Why is it so hard to control our mouths? Any notions? Why is it so hard to control what you say? Because sometimes you're just so frustrated that you've got to say something. Somebody makes you angry and you think, well, I've got to say something back to them. Somebody calls me a name. What are, we gonna, what are you going to do if somebody calls you a name naturally? You going to call them a name back? Yeah? Do, do you? Of course you do. And you can't take it. You look at it on Facebook or, or whatever and you see somebody says something about you on Facebook can you keep your fingers off the keyboard? No. Fortunately, it's easier than your tongue. I'm glad there is not, I hope there's no record of every Facebook post I typed and then deleted. I hope that's not kept in some logbook someplace because we just can't help ourselves. We don't like it when our flesh is insulted. So we have to say something about it. I, am, I have a passion as you know, for politics. An absolute passion for politics. And I, I, the last couple of years, I've only slipped up a few times, and then I've had to go back and delete it normally, um, because I've got to give my opinion. I have to give my opinion about a situation. You know, I give my opinion even if I don't know what I'm talking about. Because I like to hear myself talk. I like to see what I say. And you know what? Deep down, there's a bit of enjoying stirring up the pot. 
I'm sure none of my grandchildren ever do things just to stir the pot. Never, ever, ever just to stir the pot. We've got to watch what we say. And it does start, guys. It does start when you're young. You've got to start learning how to control your tongue when you're young. Even if you're only eight. We've got to learn to control our tongue even when we're young. But you know what? It's no easier when you're 58. Or say, I'm not 68 yet, but it's no easier. But God knows our words. And notice this word when it says, You've known, there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know the word altogether. That word altogether is that means God knows that word before we speak it. As soon as that word comes across our mind, God knows the word is there. We can decide what to do with it. We can ask God for forgiveness and keep our big mouth shut, or we can spurt it out. God knows every word that we speak. And God holds us accountable for the words we speak. What's the verse that says that, um, I think, what's the verse that says God will, will give an account for every word we speak, every, every vain word along the swing, all those lines, and God calls us to give an account for every word that we speak. We've got to watch our words. When Paul wrote to Timothy and said, don't um, let anybody uh, attack you for your youth, it says, be an example in the words you speak. Words are so important. Words are much, much more important even than our physical activity because words, when you say a word, if I, if, 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 I don't know, if um, AJ were to smack Hudson physically, all right? Within a few minutes, that's going to be gone. But what happens if Hudson calls AJ a really mean name? Does that ever go away? It's always there, isn't it? What happens if I say something wrong to a friend or I say something hurtful to a friend? That doesn't go away. We need to mind our words. God knows our words from the very beginning. Then he says in verse 5, a couple of verses about prote- or a verse about protection here. You've hedged me behind and before and your hand and laid your hand upon me. I love this picture. This is kind of a military picture and they're marching um, <clears throat> through a, 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 a bad, bad area and all the troops are lined up. Um, and God says, as, as, as we're going along through life, and, we're, and, and God, God hedges us in with protection. He puts a hedge about us. says he puts a hedge in front of us. said he puts a hedge behind us. We're going to look at Job in a second and see it goes further than that. And God says, I'm going to put my hand on you. I'm going to put my hand on you. I'm going to take care of you. Even when you go through the tough times. I'm hedging you before and behind. God says he protects us every step of the way. All along our life's path, God protects us. He hedges us about. It's just like a box being around us. Now, you know, Job saw the same thing, but Job took a different approach. Look at Job. or I'll read this for you. Job 23. Look, Job says, Job says, look, I go forward, but God's not there. I go backward, but I, I, I can't see him. When he works on the left hand... I can't see him when he works on the right hand. I don't understand it. God could, Job was in a situation where he couldn't always see God work. Do, what, do you always see God working in your life when bad things happen? No. Do you think I saw God's working in my life the night that I sat up at Tala Hospital and that, that doctor came in and told Matt that um, his wife may not live through the rest of the week because of her leukemia? If she lives through this week, she has a decent chance of survival. 
You think I saw God's hand at work then? You think I saw God's hand at work when Beth phoned us one night and said she had stage 3 breast cancer? No. I didn't see it then. I didn't change the fact it was there. That God was there. Job, Job realized that too. I don't see God, but he says in verse 10, But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Job couldn't see it. Job didn't see God in front, but he knew it was true. He said, even though I can't see God, I'm going to trust him. Isn't that what faith is all about? True faith comes from believing without seeing. That's what said. God said to um, Thomas, wasn't it? Thomas, bless God that, you've, that you have faith for seeing me, but more blessed are those who don't have to see to believe. We may not always see God in front of us and God behind us and God on our right and God on our left. We may not always see God knowing our thoughts, but the truth is God is always there, even if we can't perceive Him. And we need to have the faith that Job had that said, even though I can't see God, He's there. He's there and He's not going to move. God knows what's going on and God protects us. And then verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful to me. It is high, I cannot attain it. I love. I like that picture too. Sometimes things are so magnificent that we don't understand it. The knowledge of God being there all the time is so great, I can't. I don't get it all the time. I don't understand it because it's too much for me to. I think of Isaiah fifty-five when God said, when the Bible says is that, that that God's ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, as high as the heavens are above the earth. And therefore, I'm not always going to know what God is doing. Does that mean I just, I, I just don't trust God? No. It means I choose to trust God even when I can't, I can't see the marvelous works of God. God knows everything, everything, everything about me and my life. And He cares and He protects me. And He's there by my side. He's always there. God knows what's going on, even when I don't get it, even when I cannot comprehend it. I can't, I can't comprehend in my flesh why pandemics break out and kill so many people. I can't understand when violence breaks out and people are being hurt and, and on, on all sides, people are being injured. I can't understand it when things are coasting along and the next thing we know, the economy's wrecked. I don't understand it. But you know what? I don't have to. Because God does. God knows every situation and every heart in every corner of the world. God knows. I don't know what you're going through this week. I don't know what you're going through today. Um, could be same, some of the same things that we're all going through. But the truth is, God knows whatever you're facing. Whatever trial you're facing this week. Whatever bad news you've just gotten whatever bad news that you may receive um, today or tomorrow or this week, we can rest assured that God knows. We had a friend when we were getting ready to come to Ireland. It seemed like it was taking forever at one point, raising our funds. <clears throat> and our friend said this, Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? Isn't that a great question? Yeah. Nothing has ever occurred to God because God knows. He knows the pain that's in your heart today. He knows the pain that you're feeling deep down that nobody else understands. 
He knows the grief that you're going through. He knows the he knows the disappointments. He knows the pain for, that you feel for erring children. He knows that. God knows it all. God knows the heartbreak of a Christian friend walking away from their Christian life. God knows all that. And all God wants us to do is talk to him about it. God knows what you're going through on this 28th day of June in the year 2020. God knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the joys. He knows the challenges. Let's take comfort in the fact that even though I don't get what's going on, God still knows. And the question is, can we trust him in these situations to be God, to be the holy, righteous, just God, and trust him to do what's right for all eternity? God knows. Whatever it is, God knows. And let's trust God. Let's trust the knowledge that God indeed does know. All right. Um, all right. We had a couple of things come in. Um, so Sebastian asked us to pray for the elections in Poland today. It's, it's the day of the president is being elected. Praying for wisdom and leadership and for the people. Um, our friend Darlene had, um, was it her test? Yeah. Our friend Darlene had tests in the States. Um, her blood count is good. And they're adjusting her, her meds, and she's, so things are going well. And let's pray for Holly's family in West Virginia, especially Katie and her mother's and her grandfather's health. Pray for Pastor Bob. I didn't even tell Mary yet. I got a text this morning. We thought things were so much better, but things are not near as good as they came out in the initial report. So do pray for our friend Bob Zemeski and his wife Kathy. And pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom for the new government here mm-hmm. to be able to work. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the knowledge that you know Whatever we're facing, God, today, you already know the solution. You know, and you know what's going on. And I pray that we take great comfort in that. I pray for Poland in the election today. Lord, I know the people of Poland must be concerned about the electing their leaders. I pray the right person would be elected and take office. pray for the formation of the government here. Uh, Lord, it, it looks very, very confusing to me in the middle of a crisis like this. I pray for politics in America, for President Bush and the leaders in Congress. Lord, you might help them to be able to make the wise and the right decisions, even when we don't get it. I pray for Darlene. Thank you that her medical reports have come back good. And I pray that you might bless her, and I pray that she'd be able to continue to recover. And uh, as she sees this, since she sees this, um, this doctor uh, in the next few days, I guess. Take care of Holly's family. Continue to be with them. Be with her sister Katie, Lord, and the issues that are involved there. Be with her, um, her mom's health. And I pray for her granddad's health as well with the strokes. And I pray for Pastor Zemeski. Lord, as he deals with this cancer, Lord, and I, it was exciting to see what we thought was all good news, but it looks like things might not be as good as we thought. So I pray that you be with these needs and others. <clears throat> help us to have a solid, good, help us to have a good week, remembering, Lord, no matter what news comes our way, no matter what text we get, no matter what email we get, no matter what phone call we get, you are good, you are love, and you know what's going on in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did it stop? Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. Um, it didn't. Um, I didn't get across. <laughs>